0: Hello, and welcome back to Read With Me. We are still going through City of Bones by Cassandra Clare, and we are up to chapter three, entitled Shadowhunter. Let us start. By the time they got to Java Jones, Eric was already on stage, swaying back and forth in front of the microphone, with his eyes squinted shut. He dyed the tips of his hair pink for the occasion. Behind him, Matt looked stoned. He was beating irregularly on a drum. <laughs> this is going to suck so hard, Clay predicted. She grabbed Simon's sleeve and tugged him toward the doorway. If we make a run for it, we can still get away. He shook, shook his head determinedly. I'm nothing, if not a man of my word. I'll get... He squared his shoulders. I'll get the coffee, if you find it seat. What do you want? It's coffee. Black. Black my soul. Simon headed off toward the coffee bar, muttering under his face something to the effect of it was far, far better thing he did now. They've ever done before. Chloe went to find them a seat. The coffee shop was crowded for a Monday. Most of the threadbare looking couches and armchairs were taken up with teenagers enjoying the free weeknight. The smell of coffee and clove cigarettes was overwhelming. Finally, Chloe found an unoccupied love seat in the darkened corner toward the back. The only other person nearby was a blonde girl in an orange tank top, absorbed in the playing with her iPod. Good, Clay thought. Eric won't be able to find his back here after this shirt and ask how his poetry was. The blonde girl leaned over the side of her shirt and tapped Clay on the shoulder. Excuse me? Clay looked up in surprise. Is that your boyfriend? The girl asked. Clay followed the line of the girl's gaze. Always prepared to say No, I don't know him. When she realised the girl meant Simon. He headed toward them, face scrunched up in a concentration. As he tried to drop either his styrofoam cups or no. Uh, no, Claire said. He's a friend of mine. The girl beamed. He's cute. Does he have a girlfriend? Claire hesitated too long before going, No, the girl looks suspicious. Is he gay? Clay was was responding, responding to this by Simon's return. The blonde girl sat back hesitantly and set the cups down on the table. And threw himself down next to Clay. I hate it when they run out of mugs. Those things are hot. He blew on his fingers and scowled. Clay tried to hide a small smile. His two watched a noise. She... Never thought about whether Simon was good looking or not. He has pretty dark eyes, she supposed, and fit out well over the past year or so, with the right haircut. You're staring at me, Simon said. Why are you staring at me? Have I got something on my face? I should tell him, she thought. Though some part of her was strangely reluctant. I'd be a bad friend if I didn't. Don't look now, but the blonde girl over there thinks you're cute. She whispered. Simon's eyes flickered sideways to set the girl. He was industriously studying an issue of stern jump. The girl on the orange top? Claire, Claire nodded. Simon looked dubious. What makes you think so? Tell him. Go on, tell him. Claire opened her mouth to look why I was into it. Interrupted by a burst of feedback, she winced and covered her ears as Eric on stage wrestled with the microphone. Sorry about that, guys. Yet all right. I'm Eric. This is my homeboy Matt on the drums. My first poem is entitled, Untitled. He screwed up his face in pain <laughs> and yelled into the mic Come, my foe, juggernaut, my nefarious lines, slather... Every <laughs> provenance with arid zeal. Simon slid down in his seat. Please don't tell anyone I know him. Cody giggled. Who still uses the word loins? Eric. <laughs> Simon said grimly. All his points have loin in- loins in them. Turog Turug is my m- torment, Eric wailed. Agony swells within. You bet it does, Chloe said. She slid down the seat next to Simon. Anyways, about that girl who thinks you're cute. Never mind that for a second, Simon said. Chloe blinked at him in surprise. There's something I want to talk to you about. Furious Mole is not a good name for a band, Chloe said immediately. Not that, Simon said. It's about what we were talking about before about me not having a girlfriend. Oh. Claire lifted one shoulder into a shrug. I don't know. Ask Jada Jones out. She suggested, naming one of the few girls at St. Xavier's that she actually likes. She's nice. And she likes you. I don't want to ask Jada Jones out. Why not? Claire found herself seized with a sudden unspecific resentment. "You, You don't like smart girls? Still seeking a rockin' bod? Neither, said Simon. He seemed agitated. I don't want to ask her out because it wouldn't really be fair to her if I did. He trailed off. Chloe leaned forward from the corner of her eye. She could see the wrong girl leaning forward too. Plainly eavesdropping. Why not? Because I like someone else, Simon said. Okay. Simon looked faintly greenish. The way he had once when he broke his ankle playing soccer in the park and had to limp home on it. She wondered what on earth about liking someone could possibly have him wound up to such a pinch of anxiety. You're not gay, are you? Simon's greenish colour deepened. If I were, I would dress better. So who was it then? Chloe asked. She was about to add, "If that if you were loving with Sheila Baronino, Eric would kick his ass." When she heard someone cough loudly behind her, it was a deserved sort of cough—the kind of noise someone might make. He was trying not to laugh out loud. She turned around, sitting on a faded green sofa a few feet away from her was jace he was wearing the same dark clothes he had on the night before in the club his arms were bare and covered with faint white lines like old scars his wrists wore wide metal cuffs she could see the bone handle of a knife protruding from the left one he was looking right at her the side of his narrow mouth quirked in amusement. Worse than the feeling of being laughed at was Clary's absolute conviction that he'd been sitting there five minutes ago. What is it? Simon had followed her gaze, but it was obvious from the blank expression on his face that he couldn't see Jace. But I see you. She stared at Jace as she thought it, and he raised his left hand to wave at her. He got to his feet and began walking unhurriedly toward the door. Clary's lips parted in a surprise. She, he was leaving just like that. She left Simon's hand and felt Simon's hand on her arm. He was saying, saying her name, asking if something was wrong. She barely heard him. "I'll be right back," she heard herself say as she sprang off the couch. Alyssa was getting to set her coffee cup down. She raced toward the door, leaving Simon staring after her. Clay burst through the doors, terrified that Jace would have vanished into the alley shadows like a ghost. But he was there, slouched against the wall. He had just taken something out of his pocket and was punching buttons on it. He looked up in surprise as the door of the coffee shop fell shut behind her. In the rapi- rapidly falling twilight, his hair looked coppery gold. Your friend's poetry is terrible, he said. Clary blinked. Court Maritalia thought, What? I said his poetry was terrible. It sounds like he ate a dictionary and started vomiting, vomiting up words at random. I don't care about Eric's poetry. So I was furious. I want to know why you're following me. Said I was following you. Nice try. You're eavesdropping too. Do you want to tell me what this is about? Or should I just call the police? Then what? And tell them what? Jay said with a ring. That invisible people are bothering you? Trust me, little girl. The police aren't going to arrest someone they can't see. I told you before. My name is not little girl. She said, through her teeth. It's Clary. I know, he said. Pretty name, like the herb Clary Sage. In the old days, thought-eating seeds would let you see the fair filk. Did you know that? I had no idea what you're talking about. You don't know much, do you? he said. There's a lazy contempt in his gold eyes. You seem to be a mundane, like the other mundane. Yet, you can see me. It's a conundrum. What's a mundane? Someone of the human world. Someone like you. You're human, Chloe said. I am. But I'm not like you. There was no defensiveness in his tone. He sounded like he didn't care if she believed him or not. You think you're better? That's why you're you're laughing at us? I was laughing at you because declarations of love amuse me, especially when it's unrequited, he said. And because your Simon is one of the most mundane, mundanes I've ever encountered. And because Hodge thought you might be dangerous. And if you were, you seriously don't know it dangerous? Claire echoed in astonishment. I saw you kill someone last night. I saw you drive a knife up under his ribs and and I saw you flash slash you with fingers like razor blades. I saw you cut bleat and bleeding and now you look as look as if nothing ever touched you. I may be a killer, Jace said, but I know what I am can you say the same? I'm an ordinary human being, just like you said. Who's Hodge? My tutor. And I won't be so quick to brand myself as ordinary if I were you. He leaned forward. Let me see your right hand. My right hand? Clary echoed. He nodded. If I show you my hand, will you leave me alone? Certainly. His voice was edged with amusement. She held her right hand grudgingly. It looked pale in the half light spilling from the woods. Windows. The knuckles started with light dusting of freckles. Somehow she felt as exposed as if she were pulling up her shirt and showing him her naked chest. He took her hand and turned it over. Nothing. He sounded almost disappointed. Not, you're not left handed, are you? No. Why? He released her hand with a shrug. All Shadow Haunted children get marked with the voyance rune on the right hand or left. If they're left handed, like I am. When they're still young. It's permanent room that helps us see the magical world. He shadowed the back of his left hand. It looked perfectly normal to her. I didn't see anything, she said. Let your mind relax, he suggested. Wait for it to come to you, like waiting for something to rise to the surface of water. You're crazy. But she relaxed, gazing to his hand. Second, seeing the tiny lines across his knuckles, the long joints of the fingers. It jumped out at her suddenly, flashing like a don't-walk sign. A black design, like an eye across the back of his hand. She blinked and it vanished. A tattoo? He smiled smugly and lowered his head. I thought you could do it. And no, it's not a tattoo. It's a mark. They're runes. Burned into our skin. Different marks to different things. Some are permanent, but the majority vanish when they've been used. That's why your arms aren't all inked up today, she said. She asked, even when I concentrate. That's exactly why. He's not a police with himself. I knew you had to side at least. He glanced up into the sky. It's nearly full dark we should go. We I thought you were gonna leave me alone. I lied. They said without a shred of embarrassment. Hodge said after bring you to the interview with me, he wants to talk to you. Why would he want to talk to me? Because you know about us now. About us, she echoed. You mean the people like you? People who believe in demons? People who kill them, Jay said. We're called shadow hunters. At least that's what we call ourselves. The Downworlders have less complimentary names for us. Downworlders? The Night Children? Vampires? Warlocks? The Fae? The magical folk of this world? Clary shook her head. It's up there. <laughs> I suppose they're also mermaids and werewolves and zombies. Of course they are. they so Jason informed her. There are reasons those stories exist. They are based in fact. Even if mundanes think they're myth, shadow hunters have a saying. All the stories are true. Although he added. To be fair, you'll mostly find zombies farther south where the voodoo priests are. (laughs) What about mummies? Do they only hang around Egypt? Don't be ridiculous. No one believes in mummies. They don't? Of course not, Jane said. Look, Hodge will explain all of this to you when you see him. Clary crossed her arms over her chest. What if I don't get what if I don't want to see him? That's your problem. You can either come, come either willingly or unwillingly. Clary, Clary couldn't believe her ears. Are you threatening to kidnap me? If you want to look at it that way, she said. Yes. Clary opened her mouth to protest angrily, but was inter- interrupted by a strident buzzing noise. Her phone was ringing again. Go ahead answer it if you like, Jay said generously. The phone stopped ringing and set up again. Loud and insistent, Chloe found, but her mom must be really freaking out. She hopped in away from Jace and began digging in her bag. By the time Jonathan found, it was on its third set of rings. She raised it to her ear. Mom? Oh, thank God. Oh, Chloe. Oh, thank God. A sharp pickle of alarm ran up. Chloe's fine. Her mother said, Listen to me. It's all right, Mom. I'm fine. I'm on my way home. No! Sarah scraped Justin's voice. Don't come home. Do you understand me, Chloe? Don't you dare come home. Go to Simon's. Go straight to Simon's house and stay there until I can. A noise in the background interrupted her the sound of something falling, shattering, or something heavy striking the floor. Mom, Clary shouted into the phone. Mom, are you alright? A loud buzzing noise came from the phone. Clary's mouth, mother's voice cut through the static. Just promise me you won't come home. Go to Simon's and call Luke. Tell him that he's found me. Her words were drowned out by a heavy crash of oh, moment. Who's found you, Mom? Did you call the police? Did you? Her frantic question was cut off by a noise Clary would never forget. A harsh, Slithering noise followed by a thump. Clary heard her mother draw in something sharp, and sharp breath before it speaking. Her voice eerily calm. "I love you, Clary." The phone went dead. "Mum!" Clary shrieked into the phone. "Mum, I you there?" The call ended. The screen said, "But why would her mother ever have hung up like that?" Clary, Jay said, in the first time that she has ever heard him say, her, say what's going on. Claire ignored him. furiously she hit the button that dialed her home number. There was no answer except the dial tone, busy signal. Clary's hands began to shake uncontrollably. When she tried to redial, the phone slipped out of her shaking hands and, grasped and hit the pavement hard. She jumped to her knees to achieve it. It was dead. A long crack visible through the front. Damn it. She <sighs> threw the phone down. Stop that. Jane swords to her feet, his hands gripping her wrist. Has something happened? Give me your phone, Claire said, going the black metal oblong out of Longo, his pocket. I have to it's not a phone, Jay said. Making no move to get it. It's a sensor. You won't be able to, we you won't be able to use it. But I need to call the police. Tell me what happened first. She ch- she tried to yank her back, but his grip was incredibly strong. I can help you. Age flooded through Clary. A hot tide through her veins. Her nails on him Without anything about it, she struck out at his face. Her nails breaking his cheek. He jerked back in surprise. Turning herself th- free, Clary ran towards the lights of 7th Avenue. She reached the street and spun around, half expecting to see Jays and her heels. The alley was empty. For a moment, she said uncertainly into the shadows. Nothing moved inside them. She spun on her heel and ran for home. That is the end of Chapter 3 of City of Bones. Join me next time when I read Chapter 4. But until then, see you later.